When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Well, it's Thursday, and that means it's time for Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, episode number 146. I think mm-hmm. I got that right sure for the did. first time ever. First time ever. Uh, joining us, special guest beaming in from Hollywood, California. Mr. Hey, Hammerhead, he's talking to you. Me? Oh, here I am. <laughs> I think we're going to have to start this again. Also in studio. Andy Ray Bernard. Mike Gelfand. And Mike Evans' good buddy, Tom Bernard. <laughs> yeah, there he is. There he is. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. 
No, no, you're not. Mike, before we get to it, it's a tradition in car selling secrets that we have the guests start out by telling the story of their very, very first car. What year was it uh, in any great stories related? So you are up. My, my first car was, uh, was a, an old, beat-up, about a, a 10-, 15-year-old station wagon, and I was 16, and I, I, was, uh, I had a part-time job and had enough money to get this old, beat-up car, and I had a garage band, and uh, we, we put the equipment in it and, uh, and used that as the, as, as the bandmobile. And my dad, um, he's, he's long gone now, uh, our house... It was a ugly, horrible little house. It was, it was maybe elevated six feet, and you can see out. On, you can see the street in front of us, right in front of the house. Uh, my my, uh, my my station wagon was packed, was parked, and my dad is drinking a cup of coffee one morning. And I came downstairs, and he looks at me, and he goes, "Son, son, there's there's a bunch of mattresses in the back of your station wagon, son." I said, "Well, that's that's so." You know, when the band goes out and plays, it, we put the equipment in and it keeps the equipment from banging around. My dad goes, looks like you've been doing a little banging around in that station wagon yourself. <laughs> well, you were a young man playing in a band, so yeah. your dad, I, I'm betting on your dad being correct. Mike, what, yeah, did, what, did, yeah, you play, was, what did you play in, a, in, in your band? Or, uh, do you a uh, guitar player or drummer? Or? Tambourine. I, I sang tambourine and played, and played saxophone. Okay, so you were after the chicks while the bass player and the drummer did all the work. Oh, I thought the drummer got all the action. Oh, God, no. No, no. Really? No, no, no. Oh, God, I was a drummer. That'll tell you. Yeah? Yeah, there's a million drummer jokes. Well, there's that Jackson Brown song, you know, where he... He's thinking he's going to get lucky, and he's, he's, you know, he's got a pass, a backstage pass, and then drummer walks off with his girl oh it's gonna happen so that used to be the thing but apparently the drummer has fallen so oh yeah no they're the butt of all the jokes how do you know when the drum riser is level you know the thing that they sit on sure mm -hmm. when the drool comes out of both sides of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty I, good line. I, I do know that drummers are really hard to find i mean that's it's every band i've ever heard of said that the biggest problem they had was finding a drummer. The drummers and keyboard players are in high demand. If you're at all good, you can find yeah. work. Well, the Guitar Beatles, players are a dime example. a dozen. Yeah, Beatles, Beatles are a perfect example of that. Pete mm -hmm. Best was their drummer, and they didn't like him, or John Lennon didn't like him, so got rid of him for Ringo. Yeah, that's right. That is true. Uh, what are you going to do? So Mike Evans, Mr. Mike Evans, was that in Hawaii that you had the station wagon? No, that was right after we moved uh, uh, from Hawaii. My dad was transferred from Pearl Harbor to Long Beach Naval Base. Uh, and that's uh, so. That's when we were we, we just moved to California. I only went to school. I only went to high school for uh, uh, one semester, and I got this band together. But they were really good. And I quit. I quit school when I was a sophomore. And then uh, I got a job at. Um, this is a funny story. I got a job at KR, at KRLA, emptying the trash and working the switchboards. When I was 16. And uh, these record guys used to come in, and the program director would be make them wait hours before he'd listen to their music to decide whether or not to put them on. <laughs> so I got I got to know these pro these record guys, and one of the record guys uh, used to bring his girlfriend in with him. You know the story, and uh, we got to talk. And I said, Hey, I got a garage band, and they were telling me about they were trying to start a singing act. Uh, him and his girlfriend. So I used the KRLA switchboard to call high schools in LA. Uh, and say, how about uh, pay us 120 bucks, 
and uh, my band will come out and play during the halftime of your basketball games, high school basketball games, and uh, we have a friend of ours, a, a girl and, a, and her boyfriend that will sing, and they'll put on a 20-minute show, and they'll take up the halftime. I know so who I it is. Booking us all, Sonny and Cher. I was yeah. going to say that. I <laughs> well, bet Sonny, Sonny and Cher. And Cher. Yep. So there you go. Uh, I have, Mike, I've got to ask you a question. How, how, yeah. What was the parental reaction with, I'm done with secondary education after my freshman year in high school? How, how did that go over? You know what? Um, you know, it, it was a stepmom who, uh, who got married my dad when I was 14. So, I mean, it wasn't a real closeness there. And she had two kids, my brother and my brister. Uh, my, so... She didn't really care, and my and my dad, you know, transsexual. During that time, he had got arrested for 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 drugs, and he later committed suicide. So, <laughs> really, I was pretty much on my own for that whole time. That they is, didn't care. That's what Mike and Evans and I have in common. He he quit school, and I tested out of school. Uh, that was in my sophomore year, though, not my freshman year. It was my sophomore. Year. You know, interestingly, my dad had his uh, second marriage at about that time in my life, and had. Similar results. I never dropped out of high school, but I did move out of the house oh, uh, in with my 19-year-old girlfriend when I was 15. Oh. Lived in Dinkytown. Oh. Yep. What? Yep. You, got a, you had a little homework there for yourself. I did. I learned some things. <laughs> I bet you learned Well, it was things. the 70s. That was a little more permissible back then, but it was not uh, yeah. not a great time. Really. I will tell you guys, and I'm very serious about this. One of the things that I loved about first meeting Mike Evans was it's been 26 years now. How long has it been, Mike? Yeah, yeah. 26 years we've been working together. But Mike and I would talk about because I was working at Capitol Records back in those days. He's talking about there. So we used to go through all the different things about remember this, remember this. Mike and I had a lot of things in common as far as bands are concerned and record labels are concerned. And God, remember those great conversations, Mike. Oh, and I would, and we'd be on the golf course, and all I would have to say is, "Hey, Tommy, give me some Scotty Brothers stories." Oh God, the Scotty Brothers! Do you know them, Mike? I've, I've heard stories. Yeah, oh, I'm not familiar with them at all. A little scary, maybe. Maybe. Very scary. Hey, guess who's playing this record? You. That's who. <laughs> so, who are the Scotty Brothers, and what did they do? Go ahead, Mike. I, I got to hear what this. They, they, <laughs> they, they they were record they were record promoters uh, that uh, I mean they, they they were they were crooks is what they were or at least at least you didn't dare whatever they said you just went along with it we'll just go along with that so they got a lot of a lot of records played that probably had no business business being played but you didn't go against the Scotty Brothers and I mean. I mean that in all seriousness. I give you a great line, as a matter of fact. Bobby Hurt was a vice president of promotion at Areola Records, the first label I worked at for about six months before I went to Capitol. Uh, their name, the Scotty Brothers' name came up, and, and uh, Bobby Hurt was a southern boy. And he goes, the Scotty Brothers, that's who you ask me about, Tommy? I'll tell you one thing. Once you hire them, you can't fire them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got I got another Scotty Brothers story. So one, one, I won't tell you which one, but one of the brothers was uh, out uh, in down in Florida, and I was visiting a friend of mine, Neil Mursky, who you probably know, sure, yep. Tommy. So me and Mursky, uh, I was at Mursky's house, and we're smoking a big one, and something came up about. It. He goes, "Hey," he goes, uh, "One of the Scotty Brothers are in town, wants to take me out to dinner. Let's 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 soak him for a nice big dinner." So, okay, so we went out to, to Miami, actually South Beach, had a big dinner, and uh, he picked us up in, in, in his car, 
uh, at a rental car at uh, Mursky's house. So when we came out of the restaurant, we went to the, the rental car, and it wouldn't open the door. You couldn't get the, the car door open. Lost it. Started kicking the car, <laughs> uh, smashing the car, breaking the side window. Some of it, damn, rental car, some it's just going crazy. <laughs> Mursky goes, yeah, there's a car that looks just like yours over here. Oh, no. <laughs> so, what? sure enough, walked over there. The opened, door opened right up for them. Oh. <laughs> Do you think the Scotty brothers left a card or a number? Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. the damage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. God, the, the record business back in those days, Mike, unbelievable. How many different stations were you at in Los Angeles? Uh, I worked, uh, the first station was KRLA. Then I, then I actually got on the air when I was 17 at KFWB. Cleve Herman oh, did sure. the sports Remember him? Yep. I, I still remember my sign out because we did news every hour, uh, 24 hours a day. And, I, and that's what I, my first gig on the air. And I still remember my sign out. You ready? Mm-hmm. Atop the KFWB time and temperature tower, make the mark at the Merck at the moment, 75. That's 75 degrees at KFWB Los Angeles. <laughs> Beautiful, baby. Beautiful. That's, now that's talent. That's some talent right yeah. there, Mike. That's, that's still rem- I still remember the sign-off. Fir- uh, and, and my first assignment as a news story, and this shows you I was pretty well down on the, on the, I mean, I was the bottom guy. They go, we don't know if there's going to be anything happening. Cleve Herman goes, I don't know if there's anything going to be happening, but uh, I got an assignment, your first assignment for the next week, every single night. We need you to be at the L.A. Coliseum. I go, okay, what am I covering? He goes, well, there may be nothing to cover, but it's the Billy Graham Crusade. There will be 100,000 people there. We just want somebody there in the press box just to see and make sure nothing goes wrong, there's any riots or whatever. That's my first assignment covering the Billy Graham crusade at the L.A. Coliseum. Did he heal you? He was great. Was he, he a healing was great. guy? I, I can't remember. I don't no, think so. No, he wasn't a healing guy. Oh, he was not a healing I guy. I do remember that he and uh, Dick Nixon talked about the Jew problem. Well, I, I just talked to Doug about that before the show. Yeah. Quiet, he's right there. <laughs> he's right here in the room, Tom. <laughs> didn't, 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 isn't Kanye talking about that now? I believe so, yes. Unbelievable. No, of all the people I've met, uh, Billy Graham is in the top three. I mean, I, really? I was really amazed. Yeah, Billy Graham, uh, Neil Armstrong. I mean, come on, Neil Armstrong. I mean, him more than anybody else. I met him. At, uh, I, was cover- I was working for the Dodgers. We were in Houston. It was, 19- it was 1971. Uh, I, was, I was at the batting cage. Watching batting practice, I was going into the dugout, go upstairs, have and eat before the game, and Tommy Lasorda was sitting at the very edge of the um, dugout talking to some guy, and as I walked, sort of walked by them going in, Lasorda called me over. He goes, "Mike, come here." So I walked over. He goes, uh, "This is Mike Evans. Mike uh, is Neil Armstrong." And Neil was in Houston because that's where that's where Nassau was at right. the time. Yep. Dude, I I I made such an ass of myself. I just shook his hand and I kept saying, "You walked on freaking moon." <laughs> he, goes, yeah. he goes, "Yeah, I know." I go, "No, no. Yeah, I know. you left the you left the planet and walked on the moon." I know. He goes, "Yeah, I know." The sort of goes, "Let go of his hand." Okay. <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty impressed by that. 
And Muhammad Ali is it was he the third one. Muhammad Ali. More I never so, got to meet him. Talked to him once on the phone, but I never met him in person. More so than uh, 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 Reagan or or Clinton or you know those three are the ones that really stick out in my mind. The people that I've been or John Wayne or yeah yeah interesting. I've got a, a good friend of mine who was an Episcopalian priest. He's he's uh, English. He actually married Sarah and I, and he's probably 80 now. And I asked him one day, I said, so when did you get the call? And he goes, it's kind of a weird story. Uh, my family was not religious. My mom was an, was an atheist. I was at Oxford in a uh, uh, space physics program. And a friend of mine took me to a Billy Graham rally, and I walked out of there and and said, I'm going to change my life and become an Episcopal priest. It was just like a really? lightning bolt. And this guy is incredibly rational, um, and he's a very good friend, but it's just, I, I never saw him preach, but apparently he was very, very powerful. No, I'm, I'm telling you, that Billy Graham, I mean, to me, he changed so many millions of lives, all for the good. I mean, all for, all for the good. Uh, and he was down to earth. Easy to talk to, just a regular guy. I, I was really, imp I was really impressed by him. But, you, know, uh, the, you know, the oddest job I ever had was I was the voice of the Billy Graham Crusade. You were? Yes. I, I don't Stop know how it. that happened. No, I, I, it, it wasn't actually. It was the Billy Graham Crusade. Is this Billy? Is this Billy Shay? <laughs> Bill Shay. That's Bill who Shea. it is exactly. But but it wasn't. Billy Billy Graham was wasn't. I think he had passed away. It was his son. Oh, Franklin. Frankie. Franklin, yeah. Franklin. And it was it was a great gig. First of all, of course, I was entirely the wrong person for the job. But, what? But second, the great thing was, after I did the spot, there were like 32 tags for the 32 cities that he was oh, going. Oh, sure. So it was a very lucrative job. And fortunately, they, uh, no one told them that I was on the other side. What? Yeah. Well, that's fortunate, isn't it? I think it's very fortunate uh, for me, yeah. You think they might have turned on you? I mean, yeah, it's possible, you know. You'll get some bad news for you, by the way. I was looking through the just some of the figures, trying to figure out who's going to end up where, and <clears throat> there's going to be a red wave, there was no red wave, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. Did you know that in this election, 30% of Jewish men voted Republican? Oh no, the the Orthodox Jews are are all about Donald Trump. But is that thirty percent now? Oh well, Tom, you've seen their families, right? Well, that's true. It's very good. That you're right about that. When you go through five yeah. generations and each one produced twelve children, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah have, no. you ever, have you ever been to Brooklyn? I mean, oh sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Good yeah. point. Have you ever yeah. been to Brooklyn? But hey, the amazing, how about those Vikings? But the amazing thing yeah. about just one one little factoid. And that is that uh, Kanye West, or Ye, as he's now known, yeah, yeah. He, his number of Twitter followers exceeds the number of Jews in the United States. Is that true? Yep. Mm -hmm. How many Twitter followers does he have? He's got a lot. Millions and millions and millions. Yeah. God, that's amazing. I've never understood that. I'm following everybody <laughs> on Twitter. I don't have any interest. I'm good. No. Leave me alone. Right, Mike? No, I, I I have a Twitter account, but I haven't I haven't used it in ten fifteen years. I just no need. I mean, yeah. once, once I'm once I'm off the air, or, or, uh, you know, I'm I'm all about golf. I'm all about uh, Cheryl and I doing stuff, and and uh, um, yeah, I, I don't. 
I, 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 very, I, I, do, I do usually answer listener mail, though. I do do that well, when good. I get the, uh, emails. That's a good thing. Here's the one thing that Twitter's really good for, mm -hmm. and you don't send it out as a tweet, but if you have a problem with a company, whether it's Delta Airlines or Enterprise Rental Car, if you direct message them on Twitter, their social media people get back to you right away, and they can fix stuff. It's oh, a well, lot good. quicker than being that's on good. hold for half an hour or sending an email that oh, nobody reads. It, it really, you, so don't, you don't want to call them out in a public forum, but if you say, hey, you guys lost my bags, nobody's answering the phone, can somebody help me? And they're like, yep, we'll take well, care you, of it. You know, now, that, really well. now that Elon Musk is, has taken over Twitter, what's going to happen is going to be there are going to be a lot of people who are going to say, that's it, I'm done with Twitter, and they won't be able to quit. Oh, really? Oh, oh God, it's, no. No, it's in the they're, ditch. They're trapped, yeah. yeah. They've been doing it what, every day for you know, a decade. Yeah. You know what I do? What I do, and if I have a complaint with an airline or something, what I do is uh, uh, I threaten. I threaten to. I threaten to say that uh, the next morning on my syndicated show, uh, I'm going to bring up the president of the airline uh, being a child molester. <laughs> uh, wow! Well, I'm sure that gets that's, attention. That's, that's, I think that's, they call yeah, that extortion, that's Mike. People call me back. That might, way, yeah. be, might be a problem, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's always. Hey, Mike, I have to ask you a question. Speaking of the elections and all that. There's no way they're going to elect that Republican guy as mayor of Los Angeles, are they? I mean, he's leading hard right now, but that's hard to believe. Hard to believe. It's, it's it's hard to be, it's hard to believe, but we got a God, Republican I mean, mayor in New York City. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And Lauren Boebert just, is losing. It's, yeah, it's just uh, that's a shocker. I mean, the yeah. the, the country's in a, in a, in a is in the shits. I mean. I just really wish we could kind of move away from the hatred part of it, though. Oh, you're on that side? Well, then I hate you. It's like, settle yeah. down, for God's sake. Yeah. Relax. I know. I know. Yeah, what the hell? It's, it's not good. It's not good. Just, uh, I just wish, can't we all just get along? Can't I mean, we all you know? just get along? What, what was encouraging for me, and Mike and I were talking about it in the elevator, at least some of the concession speeches were professional and yeah it seemed like scott it. jensen who yeah. failed in his bid to be uh become the minnesota governor said look it turned out to be a blue wave and as republicans we have to figure out what lessons we can learn from that and figure out what the path is forward I which is perfect i mean that's what you really should say i get a man up i lost they need a tip i don't know i don't know what I, what this says about pennsylvania voters but I saw this morning that they voted a state legislator into office that died of cancer a month ago. Oh, I yeah. Mean, uh, well, yeah. It happens occasionally, yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is, if Fetterman had had another stroke and died, people would still vote. I would totally. still vote for him. You would absolutely just vote for a dead guy? Well, yeah, I mean, I, because that's that's what's going on now. It is, You know, yeah. you, you, you just, it's, it's and, and I, if you saw Oz giving his concession speech, and he lost big. Did he? It was yeah. not close. I I saw a guy that who who was just entirely relieved to be done with this. I don't think he wanted any part of it. Oz. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I could understand. I heard I, would a, I heard an interview long. with a, a, a Pennsylvania voter and I he must have been from New England because he goes, "Yeah, he's just a carpet bagger. He should go back to New Jersey and he had no experience. He had no business running." There you go. <laughs> yeah. from Pennsylvania. Well, and, and look, you 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 look at you look at a few hundred hours of uh, attack ads on TV. Yeah. And you get the point after a while. You're not voting for someone. No, right. no that's exactly right. Is it true? Somebody told me, and I can't believe this is true, for that Senate race in Georgia, 
they have taken in $180 million in Oh, no, no. They, they, can, they will come close to a billion oh, dollars. Sure, yeah. A they're billion just, just dollars? Up right now. And the only For re- one race. The, the only, if they don't oh, exceed God. a billion dollars, oh, the only God. reason will be that they just ran out of time. Because they only got four weeks. It's right. one race. It's more than that. It's every race. It uh, all comes down Here's to the this. bottom line, though. Here's the bottom Jesus. line. The, the, election, the election saved a whole bunch of radio stations. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it sure did. You're well, exactly about right. This wine. Well, of all the ads, because you have to run them, right, as a radio station? No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You have, you have to. to run them at the lowest rate, but you're still getting incredible revenue that you wouldn't have any. That's you wouldn't true. Have otherwise. I'm glad you said that, Mike, because I think when you were with Catherine and not on a couple of days ago, I, Brian Zepp brought that up, and I said, yeah, I know it's a windfall, but you guys have to run it at your lowest published rate and he goes no we charge them whatever we want and i'm like yeah i don't think that's right i do think there are ways around that buying the lowest rate yeah i don't know what it would be though Uh, that would look really bad for the radio station if they did that Well, yeah. I, Especially I, if they were charging certain people more and certain people well, yeah, That's why the rule is there, so they don't do that. That's why the rule is there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All little cumulus. So I would tell, next time you see Brian, <laughs> tell him that I was right, Leah. What if you're you just, always right, though? Uh, no, what if I'm you not just set right. your lowest rate really, really high? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah $1 million dollars per second. There you have it. Well, new rate I think, card. I think, new rate card. Yep, exactly. I think there is something like that going on. Oh, there's so much cheating across every. Uh, well, wait a minute, sports, not, in, not in radio. Not no radio sales guy would ever cheat. Oh, they no, never no. die. <laughs> we only have this is only a 90 minute show. There's no I do lying have a question radio. for both Mike and Tom because you guys, uh, uh, not unusually, I think, in the era, both started in radio when you were in your teens. Yeah, Mike right? Evans and I both started. Yeah, yeah so that's right. Does that happen yeah. anymore? I don't think so. Does it, Mike? I think teenagers are a lot smarter now. <laughs> that might be true. Well, the legendary Wally no, Walker started no. when he was, what, 15? Yeah, he was 15. Well, a teenager with a lot of charisma is now a Twitch or a YouTube star, not a radio star. He's an influencer, yeah. More, a yeah. lot more money on yep. YouTube. A lot more money. There's no doubt and about it was, that. You know, for me, when I went to work at KRLA and I just turned 16, uh, a guy named Emperor Hudson did mornings. Casey Kasem did midday. Sure, I remember that. Bob Eubanks did afternoons. Yep, pretty good lineup. And and a guy named Rev Foster did nights. And a lot it's of like, puking. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's right. That's right. We're gonna come but out and listen. But to those us. guys were those guys were smart because Eubanks. I tell you how Eubanks really got. He went from just being an afternoon jock. He borrowed a lot of money, but he went in with Reb Foster, the night guy. And borrowed and got his friends to loan him money, and it was Rev Foster and Bob Eubanks that brought the Beatles to Los Angeles. To Hollywood, Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Wow. And, I didn't know that. Yep. And I was working there at the time and got to be backstage during that whole during that whole thing at sixteen. Pretty pretty amazing. You know, my favorite Los Angeles radio trick was. What's that? Uh, the real Don Steele, who was phenomenal on the radio. You remember the real Don Steele, obviously, Mike. Sure. Right? Yeah, I knew Don. One of the greatest things he ever did, he drove onto the steel bridge in Los Angeles County, parked his car sideways and get, and said on the radio, get the hell off my bridge. <laughs> I think you might get in a little trouble if you did that these days. Probably yeah, not a good exactly. idea. I think there are, there's more armed motorists in <laughs> yeah, L.A. now exactly. than there was back then. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that, man. I don't know. That, looking back at radio, though, Mike, I, I don't. I don't regret for one minute getting into radio because I've never really had. I've never had a real job. 
No, I've I've said that I've said that I've said that a, a thousand times. I've never had a, a real job. I've never made out. I've had to fill out what do you call it, an application for a job. No, I never have either. Uh, never happened. Nev- I've never n- never gone through any of that. Uh, you know, the only two kinds of people in radio are those who are going to be fired and those who are going to get fired. And I've, I've experienced yep. I've experienced those. You know, and when I would get fired, and I was fired, I've been fired five times. And when I get fired, my favorite line after the first time is when they would say, you know, we're letting you go. I'd go, I've been fired from a lot better radio stations than this piece of shit. <laughs> I, have a friend in the car, I have a friend in the car business. He's a great guy, Love but it. a terrible car salesman. He's been fired like a dozen times. And I said to him one day, he says, Brian, what was the best way you ever got it? And he goes, general manager called me into his office. He says, Brian. Don't know how we're going to get along without you, but starting in five minutes, we're going to find out. I'm You're give done. It a world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's terrible. And, I, and I've also, I've also been very really true, true to my myself. Uh, when I was doing mornings at K Rock and at KMET, uh, and 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 when I'd go back home, when I'd go back home to Hawaii, I went three times. I went back home to Hawaii and, and did mornings in Honolulu, and. Uh, this this one program director, his name uh, Andy Preston. God, what an idiot program director! God, what a moron! <laughs> Andy, if you're he listening on the goes, talk and text line, is fu- <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Sorry, Mike. Go he's ahead. Like, he's like, uh, um, you got a game show mentality. You you play too many games on the radio and get the listeners too involved instead of playing music. And what? I want you to stop this bit and stop this bit, and then I want you to do this. And I go, are you finished? And I go, well, here's the deal. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to do any of that crap. And he goes, what? I go, I'm not going to do any of that crap. Because if I do that crap, the ratings are going to go down and you're going to fire me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if the ratings go up, I'm going to want to raise. If they go down, you can fire me. But I'm not right. going to go get yep. fired after you telling me to do a bunch of stuff that's, that's stupid. No, I oh. agree with you. I agree with that completely. Matter of fact, I have a great. You just brought a great memory back to me. I hadn't thought about this in years, but back when I was sixteen, I started lifting weights pretty heavily. And by the time I was about nineteen, twenty years old, I was very muscular. You know, and I was about two inches taller than I am now, which that's part of life sucks. By the way, you lose a couple of inches <laughs> of height as you go on. But I do. I was doing six to ten at night. I won't say where. But the owner of the radio station was the general manager. Not just the general manager, he was also the owner. So I'm coming in, it's about 5.30. He walks past me, he goes, hey, Tom, I'm going to hit uh, hit the road. Oh, have a great show tonight, good to see you again, and uh, hope to see you again tomorrow. I said, sounds good. About five minutes later, he called me from home and fired me. <laughs> oh, my God. He wouldn't fire me face to face. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. rather hilarious. God, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite uh, uh, story about firing up and that that kind of thing is, uh, well, you know, I've been doing this syndicated thing for 25 years, and they had a change in program directors uh, in Seattle. That's my affiliate in Seattle, and this uh, program director calls me, introduces himself, because I knew program director. He goes, "Look, now I guess uh, first of all, I've heard you say a couple of things." Uh, then you always say, uh, see what I did there? Which you've heard me do on your show. Yes, sir. I'll make a funny thing. Go, see what I did there? He goes, well, that is the dumbest thing I ever heard. I don't ever want to hear that again. 
And then so when you talk about, this is back in the O.J. days, he goes, when you talk about O.J. Simpson and you talk and you refer to him as uh, uh, O-Killer, you ever do that again, you're fired. I, and, and, well, at the time, I had like I had like 55 stations, and I was making a lot of money. So uh, he finished, and I go, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, take the radio station, stick it up your ass, and I'm never going to be on again. And, and by the way, do, do you see what I did there? Do, do, do you see what I did there? See what I did, see what I did. I just quit, and I hung up. And then, and then he called me right back, and he goes, we have you sold as an annual. You can't quit. We have you sold and already taken the money. I go, well, then don't ever call me again. And, yeah. and then for the next week, I said, you see what I did there on the air every time I was yeah. on <laughs> I like that, Mike. But anyway. I love Emma, that. go play some golf, I think. You're out of here? Do you mind? No. You, hey, you've been on for 35 minutes, man. We appreciate all your time. So, Mike, any any tips? For, well, first of all, if anybody wants to get in the radio who's 18 years old, you're nuts. So we're not even talking to you. So we've yeah. decided. Yeah, like I said, it's all YouTube, yeah. Twitch, it's all YouTube. that sort of yeah, thing it now. It is now. Radio Instagram, is just about TikTok. It's, yeah, that's what personalities are on now is those things yeah that Tom is true. bernard mike evans two old radio dogs just howling at the moon howling right now i'm gonna go howl at the moon as a matter of fact mikey we appreciate your time but doug sprinthal was his idea i've never liked doug so i you know well, you don't like anybody <laughs> you don't your like, grandkids you don't like yeah i got a picture of ethan how old was ethan at about two months old uh not very old probably four four months old Little Ethan. Every time he sees me, he smiles. Now I love that because mm. I always play Guys, with have him. a great have a great weekend. All right, Mike. Mike, I, one more I, question. I before got you money go. on the Vikings too. Don't let me down. All right. One more question before you go. Yes, sir. Are you still such a great putter? I can still putt lights out. I'll take that you boy on any time. That boy can putt, man. I'm not kidding. He Come makes on, every man. damn putt he looks at. I hate you, Mike. And I Evans. look at the hole. I don't look at the ball, too. No, that's, that's right. You look at the hole. You so don't you don't get ball. scared by the windmill. <laughs> well, the That's trick is it. to time I'm out it. Of here. See All right, thanks, Mike Evans. <laughs> what a shock! He had to leave early to play, to play golf. golf. <laughs> Gee, hot! Nobody saw that coming. What a life! Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. (laughs) (laughs) We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't (laughs) ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. 
I've worked with him for 26 years now, and I loved every minute of it. He's just one of those guys. He's always in a good mood. Mike, I mean, you were on the show for most of those years. He's just a very pleasant guy. He's a goofball. There's no question about that. Well, he makes stuff up. I've heard him tell stories about about the Beatles. It's like... That, that never, never happened. Nah, that's that it might he might make a story up here and there. I I'm, I have no knowledge. You know you know what's amazing is that we had so many so many guys who came on the show trying to do what he did. Oh yeah. And I don't remember if it was before or after him, but it's both. Yeah, it was yeah, both. And but you couldn't find anybody. No, he's really good at what he does because he's been around radio since he was 15 years old. Yeah. You know that's that's the whole deal. Yeah, you know, he he goes all the way back as a little boy listening to Akuhead Papuli in Hawaii. Aku Papuli was legendary. I've heard Did, of him. Didn't we have him on the show? No, he died. He died a oh, long time, like yeah. twenty years ago, didn't he? Oh, maybe really? more than that. Yeah, Aku Papuli. We must have played like a clip then. And his real name was like Bill Johnson or something. Like That's <laughs> yeah. the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, it was from War Road. <laughs> Probably from War Road. Uh, it was actually uh, more interesting than that. Herschel Hohenstein. Oh, oh Bill <laughs> The brotherhood. It's like the most Jewish name on earth, but what he goes by name? Akuhed Pupule. Akuhed Pupule, yeah, I bet. <laughs> what was his name? What? Hohenstein? Herschel Lieb Hohenstein. Herschel Lieb Hohenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your real name, isn't it, Mike? Uh, well, you know, I thought about it. <laughs> You're going to work on I, it. I never understood why my parents named their kids Mike and Tony, you know. It's like, what were they running from? That's true. Yeah, that's true. That, you're, you and your brother, Mike and Tony. Irish and Italian, that's us. That's very, very true. Yeah. That's amazing. God, that was... Well, they wanted you to arrest your brother one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. There you go. That you know, might the Irish cop it. and the Italian yeah, not-so-much cop. So where was Herschel from, does it say? <sighs> Brooklyn, of course. Of course. No! Yeah. Well, nice I guess Jewish that kind of, uh, kind of seals that deal. Huh? When did he die, Andy? Uh, 83. Oh, my God. 40 years. Almost 40 years ago. 40 years almost? Jesus. Yep. That's sad. It was right after Marconi. <laughs> exactly. Well, he wasn't that old either. I don't think he was. What it doesn't it? say how old he was. I think it was. I don't even know if he's in his fifty, mid mid fifty, something like that. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to say 46 for some reason. That. Oh, wait, here we go. He was 66. 66. There you go. Missed that A little older than 46. Well, yeah, we but missed when he came on. It's and not even close, yeah. Well, he didn't even know his real name, so you didn't know the guy too well. You know, actually, this market, and maybe it's just because of this, because everybody thinks that everybody knows their disc jockeys, like the real Don Steele and, you know, all those people, legendary people in Los Angeles. But over the years, Mike, and, and you you were how old when you, when you came here? 1970. So I remember... The KQ DJs that I remember, and we actually had one on the old, old podcast, uh, Killer Kirschbaum. Oh, yeah. Uh, you like know, all the potheads, and that was, was when it was a, you know, a great music station. And I remember the first time it went corporate. It had to be the summer of 76, because they well, still yeah. hate Hart to this day. And Hart's a great band, <laughs> uh, but they went no. from playing a music library that was just as yeah. wide as the ocean to yeah. they'd play Barracuda every 15 minutes. Barracuda. I'm like, okay, it sounds like Led Zeppelin, but I don't need to hear. What happened to John Prine and Jimi Hendrix and all this other stuff? It just. Can I tell you my great KQRS story? Sure, of Tack? Of course you, you remember Tack Hammer? Oh, sure. The program director yeah. at KQRS back when it was an underground radio station, and I was working at Capitol Records. 
So this was back in the 70s, long, long time ago. And I go to see Tack Hammer one day, and he's kind of grumpy. And I said, what's the matter, Tack? And he goes, oh, God, they want to add some music, and I don't want to play it. And I said, what's the matter? He goes, it's just too poppy. We don't want to play poppy music. This is an underground radio station, and I don't want to start playing poppy music. I mean, Jesus, let's be honest. And he's talking to me now. Mm. He goes, let's be honest about this. We start playing this kind of music. I mean, what the hell's next? Like, they probably hire you as the morning guy. <laughs> Did I, he really he, say he, that? He actually said that <laughs> to me awesome. about 15 years before they actually hired me as the morning guy. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> eerily prescient. Yeah, eerily prescient. Tack didn't live to be that old. Tack's been dead for a long time now already. Remember, KQ was the only station that would play the National Lampoon Radio Hour? Oh, I love the National Lampoon. Oh, I listen to that every Sunday at like 7 o'clock. Yes, sir. And then I don't know if it was Chevy Chase or one of them said, uh, might have been Brian Doyle Murray, actually. We've had reports that uh, some radio stations are refusing to play the entire hour of the show because it was only 30 minutes long. Right. Right. Please call your station and lodge a complaint <laughs> with them. And the, the, whoever the DJ was like, stop calling the station, man. It's only 30 minutes. It's a joke. <laughs> Great writers on that show. Oh, yeah. Great writing on that show. Well, you know, see, that's back when radio was a, a very... And by the way, you know, we're talking about, like, newspapers and broadcast television and, and broadcast radio and how we're kind of moving away from all uh, I, I don't know how much longer uh, it's going to last, but th- it'll go first in the major markets, the, you know, the top 10, 15 markets that'll, it'll fade first there because you why have do you everything. Think, because the expense is too high, or why do you think that? I just think if you can sit and just have this one thing in front of you and listen to whatever the hell you want, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, your, whether it's your phone, your laptop, whatever it is, uh, Look, I will tell you once, and and some cars now do pick up the internet. Do they not on the on the where yeah, the radio can, used to if be? You have streaming services. There have been cars that stream. Yeah, they, yes. they can either get you have satellite to pay extra or for it, but you can stream satellite. Yeah. Or it's often you, it's, it's it's a cell signal now. Cell Sarah, data. Yeah, it's cell data. Sarah's new Volkswagen doesn't have the ability to tune in AM. Just yes, FM there, and satellite. See, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> AM is going to die first for sure. Yeah, well, AM is pretty much. Well, I mean, well, really, there's way. no reason for it to exist still. No. Why don't the AM stations just transfer over to FM? Because they already have FM stations. You can only get so many licenses. Yeah. I know, but I think there's plenty of openings at this point. I think CCO still does pretty well, I think. But they do. I mean, they've I bucked they the do. trend. Yeah. And what's the big one in Chicago? Is it WLS? WLS and WGN. I mean, one of the advantages they have is that they can broadcast a much bigger range. That's true. AM is a huge range. Yeah, FM is a flat signal, so once you get past 100 miles, you cannot pick up. And that's all there is to it. Unless you have repeaters or however. Once you can get in your car and just bring up whatever podcast you want, Radio's well, cell data is so cheap now, too. Yeah. Yeah. People have been talking about, like, oh, cars will be able to pick up the Internet and podcasts for a long time, but cell data is still expensive in a lot of places. Yeah. And is once it? it's to the point where you're paying, you know, $10 a month for 500 gigs, that's the point where everyone is going to switch over from radio. Well, let me ask you, everybody, this question. Mm-hmm. We all have Internet access, and we all have computers. Not me. How many websites do you actually look at regularly? If you're like me, Not it's probably six or seven. It's six. Yeah. 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 I've got the entire knowledge of the entire yeah. planet, yep. and I'm looking at, you know. And two of them are my bank accounts. So <laughs> yeah, right. I probably, I probably go through about 15 a day. Do okay. you? Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. Is it In news general. or... or yeah, a lot of it's news, okay. but certainly not not the majority. But yeah, but you know, 
I might like this morning. I, I got up and I I looked at the uh, I looked at the Star Tribune site. Yeah. Yeah. Of I course, look at of course that. today was a different kind of day. But, oh no but, doubt. Yeah. You know, and I I looked at the Times. I looked at the I listened to a Times podcast, New York Times. And I, I looked to see what was on the Washington Post site. Then I had to check out the sports action. I'm I was TwinCities.com. What about that? What's that? The Pioneer Press. Oh yeah, they're still around. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> How, what is it? Are nice. they down to two pages yet? Uh, I think most of them are down to that two is, pages. That's just like in, that's just that's a, 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 the microcosm of the sad state of affairs in the new, what used uh, to be the newspaper. No, I understand. No, that. but I, yeah, I, I look at that site occasionally. Yeah. You know, it's really sad, actually, by coincidence. This, so many coincidences in life, because I had no idea we were going to talk about this. Last night, I was just kind of hanging around the house. You and, didn't you know, see the show notes that I sent you on Monday? Oh, i got to mention somebody. You're going to love this. This is such a pat thing to do. Because I said, you know, when I leave, I'm still going to do the live Walzer commercials with Doug. We'll just, you know, I'll sit at this microphone. Doug will call in. You bring me up. I'll do the live spot. And there you go. I'll still do all the endorsements so you don't lose the business and all that. Until, I, you know, December 23rd. But Pat sent me a note this morning at 6.30 that said, Doug's on today at 6.10. It's like, Perfect timing. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> that really worked out well. Well, that was 20 minutes ago, yeah, but other than right. that, you know. <laughs> but Pat works very hard. He does. But no, here's, here, here's the thing that, that I, and again, such a coincidence what we're talking about. Uh, because of the election, I was tuning around to all the stations, and it's, you know, the CNN and Fox and MSNBC, and I was tuning to each one of them to find out what was going on. And then I went on to the local, because we have a streaming service. I went on to the, all the local stations. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize one single person wow. on any of the local news stations. I mean, I know Frank and Amelia. Yeah. And that might be, well, Chris Eggert, obviously. Well, there's an enormous amount of turnover in that business. Yeah. There is now, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And especially among, among reporters, because yes. contrary to what most people think, they don't get paid crap. No, they don't. You're and, right. And so they're, you know, people go to work for a radio, for a TV station. They all they're really trying to do in most cases is just get to New York. That's, yeah. that's yeah, the whole goal. Right. Or yeah. LA. Or LA, sure, of course. Yeah. yeah. Although Chicago's a great news market. Yeah. Oh, it's Chicago's fantastic. A wonderful news market. Yeah, and great talent there always. <laughs> yep, always. I, I saw the beginning of the end of this during the recession in 09. Oh, yeah. I was on I was getting interviewed a lot because everybody was curious about the car business. Oh, sure. Nobody else wanted to talk to them. And I said, this is actually kind of a branding opportunity if we don't F yeah, it up. I can see that. And you know, at first they've got the full crew, they've got a producer, film guy, and then the reporter. And then within six months later, the reporters are coming in carrying their own cameras. And I think yeah. they started to figure out they could do this on the cheap. And that was the beginning of it. Yeah, it's it's totally, totally different now. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I don't know. I don't think I know anybody on Channel 11. Is, is Shaver still there, isn't he, I think? Yeah. yeah. So he'd be the He's only the one anchor I know over there. on the evening news, I think is he? it is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anybody at Channel 9 anymore since Passolt left there. I, I don't, I know Chris Eggert of Channel 5, uh, and Frank and Amelia at Channel 5. Alex Kendall's on it. 5 now. Well, I like too. Alex Kendall. Yeah. yeah. I like her. So there are a few people that I know, but I used to know every, every anchor, sure. every reporter, every weather person. I mean, it, well, you knew them all because well, I watched the news every night. on Channel 9. Who, Passolt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I do miss Pass. Pass oh, yeah. Great to work with. 
I think he's in Florida most. Yeah, he lives in Florida. He? Yeah, he though he, I, I think he comes up here. We're Facebook friends, but he, he's not on there very often. I think he goes to Northern Wisconsin. Yeah. He doesn't come here. He yeah. goes to Northern Wisconsin. There's probably somebody he wants to avoid here. I don't know who it would be, but are you looking at you or me? Uh, no, no, I just could be both of us. <laughs> well, I was thinking a different Sanny, kind of a different. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Sanny. That's exactly right. Hey, no. did he win his? Uh, he was on the school board. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he won or not. So I heard he that Jimmy Francis some... didn't win. Is that right? I heard he didn't. What's what he he texted me oh, that he didn't for a win. Commissioner, or whatever it was. Yeah, the commissioner. Is that true, Andy? Will you look and see if Jimmy Francis did, really didn't win, or he's lying to me? So Sandy posted a picture Jimmy of himself Francis. at a. It was a meet and greet prior to the election. Come meet Bob Sansevier, running for <laughs> rerunning for re-election re- at school board, and everybody, all the KQ fans were like, "Way to go, Sandy! You might vote for you. I lived up there." And I posted. Time to talk about term limits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there and you he go. was reelected. He was. He was indeed. There I'm, I'm happy because he would have been very ornery if yeah. he had. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose that is. He's true. like he's the kind of guy who would sit on four school boards if he could. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Really? Just to stir oh. the pot. Oh, he can't say no to anybody. Okay. God, I, that's an amazing deal. Oh, you know, I do have to tell tell uh, talk about something very quickly. We just talk about it briefly, and then we'll move on. As you know. Catherine's sister died a few weeks ago. Why is Bilski calling me during the podcast? Bilski, you want to be on the podcast? Is that <laughs> why you're calling? No. Sorry, I'll call you later. Is this good news? You sound like you're sad. He was working on the podcast with me. We had a lot of timing, and we had to go through all the scripting. And Yeah, that's a was it actually? Yeah, yeah. We do three hours of show prep for every car selling secrets. You've been on the show before, you know. Yes, that was very nice of you. I'll, I'll, I'm sure Doug has seen it as well. All right. Riveting. Riveting radio. This is great we'll podcasting. Or whatever. Right, Wait a minute. So okay, bye. Are we on? We are. Bilski. We shouldn't be, but we are. I will tell you, see, that's the one thing that everybody gets so so weird about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I've never understood, like, I will uh, do your ads, but I really don't want to hang out with the advertisers. I just don't think hanging out with people like that makes, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Why did people used to think that? I don't know. It's so odd, because, I mean, now, Bilski, I, I met him through Tim Ivory, who was, a, you know, out at Spring Hill at first and then Midland Hills. Who looks a, a lot like Vince Gill. Yeah, he does. I met him at Nashville, I think, three oh, years guy. ago. He's a great yeah, guy. Really, Absolutely. A, a wonderful time. But I've become really good friends. Well, I assume you and I are good friends. It's just from my side. You know, from yours, I might be different. But, Stop being sensitive. But Bilski. Boring. Bilski is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. He is just the nicest guy. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to him. So we're putting together this lunch deal on December 23. You and yeah, I that's what he was about calling this. about, actually. He's actually sent me, you know, here's my invitation. What do you think? Should I use the formal or the possessive? I'm like, <laughs> as long as you have cash bar in there, people aren't going to read the rest of it. So, no, anyway. that's true. That's very, very true. But... So in any case, you know, uh, August 25th, which is my mother's birthday, my sister-in-law died. Catherine's sister died uh, just about five weeks ago. Now it is. And then, of course, a couple of weeks ago, her father died. And they had three different deals for him yesterday. Andy, by the way, was given... uh, You handled that really well, Andy. I thought you were going to come apart, but you didn't. Yeah? Did you feel like it? I bet you that was tough. 
when the when the honor guard did the 21 gun salute and all mm-hmm. that, they folded up the flag and handed it to Andy. Yes. Andy didn't know he was going to get it. No, not until so this it is happened. At Fort Snelling. Can I ask you a question? Oh, How old God. was the honor guard? Not very. Not very. They were okay, young. So they the were last young. time I was there, which was for Ted Turp's father, it was the last yeah, time I was at a sure. funeral, it, and it had to be 20 years ago. These guys were World War II vets, and. Oh, yeah. They couldn't get the yeah. gun. They pretty much just yeah. fired them right at us. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, along those same lines, and I'll continue my story. But uh, when they did the when they they did played taps, mm-hmm. I look across and there's a man who was sitting in his chair. Yeah, I saw him. You saw him. He was sitting in his chair next to his wife's crypt, mm-hmm. right? And he's just reading a book. <clears throat> this guy was what about eighty years old? He had to have been, yeah, about eighty, maybe a little older. He than looked that. probably Vietnam, maybe Korea era. Maybe Korea. Yeah, you might be right. But they start playing taps, and I'm looking down, and I look up, and he's standing by the crypt saluting. Oh, God, mm-hmm. it was touching. Mm-hmm. Watching those guys, the, the guys put their lives on it. Because Don went to uh, went to uh, World War II when he was 16 years old, which was illegal to do. You had to be but 17. a lot of kids did it. A lot of guys did it. A lot, yeah. Got uh, shot, was injured, uh, the whole deal. He's a war hero. He, mean, liber- he was in some camp liberation, wasn't he? Yes, did he, you tell me that? I think he Dachau. went from North Africa to Germany. Jeez. Yeah, and then yeah. he was he was stationed in Germany for a while until he got injured, and then he went to France, and then he got sent back. So... We lose, we lose Catherine's sister. We lose Catherine's father. Uh, we're plogging through. We had the thing yesterday and went very, very well. Very sad. A lot of tears flowing and all the rest of it. And so um, I'm just, I get up this morning and I got all these messages and I went, oh, God, what now? Andy Fisher died this morning. Oh, Andy. did he? <clears throat> he did indeed. That's yeah. the guy you're that, named after him, right? Yep. yep. Andy's <laughs> named after Andy Fisher, my dearest, oldest friend. I've known him. For a long, well, Terry Burnham I've known longer. Uh, Terry Burnham, and then there's Tommy O'Brien. But we get on Tommy O'Brien because Tommy O'Brien's father was Irish and his mother was Puerto Rican. And I said, "Well, is Tommy in town?" He goes, "No, he's deer hunting." I said, "Who the hell ever heard of a Puerto Rican deer hunter?" <laughs> and Tommy yeah, usually, you don't see a lot of people using pistols on deer. <laughs> yeah, there Sorry. you go. Let's see, we just had 12 advertisers call and canceled. They canceled out yeah. for that. Well, I will tell you this: Tommy O'Brien's brother, Patrick O'Brien, was my brother-in-law, so I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, their mother, Deadina. Oh God, she was born in Puerto Rico. Uh, just a wonderful wonderful woman had god what did she have like nine children something like that but one of the sweetest people (laughs) one thing i loved about her and i'm not trying to throw her under the bus here because he's long gone and so is her husband the first tommy his real name was laverne o'brien but they called him tommy but every time he pissed her he was an fbi agent by the way and very quick story tommy o'brien senior laverne o'brien was sent to to cuba this is way back in the 50s, right? I guess, yeah. A long yeah. time ago. <laughs> they, uh, they were trying to track down this guy who was supposed to testify against some mafia figures. And they found a guy, but he didn't answer any of their questions because he had an entire watermelon shoved up his butt. Do you imagine how that felt? God, I think Miralax would do the job just as well. <laughs> you think? I mean, they had to cut, what, about a... A, a foot wide sw- X in his anal canal. Alrighty then. Yeah, I get the picture. <laughs> but in any case, so yeah, and Andrew Joseph Fisher the third died this morning. Well, some people say he died last night, and some people tell me he died this morning. So I don't know for sure exactly the moment that he died. But 
Mm. This is a guy who, uh, like, we, Catherine and I named our son Andy after him. I love that man, I can't tell you. I saw him a couple of weeks ago, and there were a lot of tears flowing in, man. Boy, that's tough. Mm-hmm. You look at your your and he that's the guy I keep telling everybody always five foot seven weighed about one hundred and sixty five pounds, one of the toughest some bitches I ever met in my life. God, he was tough. He was one of those kind of guys. If if you wanted to fight Andy, <clears throat> he would just fight you until you got tired, and then he'd beat the piss out of you because <laughs> he just never got tired. Huh? Yeah, he kind of rope doped it. That's yeah, pretty if you have much the speed, then you use the speed. <laughs> So, Andrew, we love you, and we're going to miss you. Man, I don't know what the hell to do without without my buddy Andy Fisher. You know, he lived in Arizona for a long time, so the time mm-hmm. periods where I didn't see him for years, but then when I did see him, it was like, you know, old home week every time. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. One thing I will tell people is don't get edgy with me right now because it's taken a lot of loss in the last six weeks, so yeah. shut the hell up. A lot of stuff's been going down lately. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it seems like half the people I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people I know really well, it seems like half the people I know are, I would just say, in trouble right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why is this? 27 people since my brother died. Well, 27 people I know, know have died. We talked about the blue wave. We talked about yeah. the red wave. Yeah. But it's it's really more a, a matter of, of despondence wave right yeah. now. You're right. Well, there is that, yes. You're absolutely right. I mean, I know people, they're, they're drinking five times as much as, as they used mm-hmm. to. Yeah. I know people who are, are literally thinking about just saying, okay, I'm done. You know, and that yeah, I have a hard Jesus. time dealing with that. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, I do listen to them, and because 
Yeah, these these are just people have just gone right over the edge now, and I. That's they the have. thing, you know. When when <clears throat> the hardest thing that's going to be for for this country is just to get people back. We need something, <sighs> yeah, that people can kind of rally together against. Yeah, people need an enemy. That might be. Um, and unfortunately, that's really the only thing that keeps people together is a common enemy. Last time right. that happened was nine eleven. Yep, you're right. Well, it's politicians been years. and politicians have known that for a long time. That's why they start wars. Yeah, exactly. No, you are right. So about let's just start that. another war. Yeah, well, easy peasy. Yeah. You know, I I talked to Dougie about this on the air a couple of days ago. <laughs> that I uh, that I I voted for two people in the election because all those judges on the back they were all running unopposed anyway, so I didn't even bother with any of that stuff. Yeah. Some of these other people I had no idea who the hell they were, you know, like local offices and all that stuff. So I voted for two people. One of them won. One of them lost. The mm-hmm. guy who won was a Democrat. The guy who lost was a Republican. Mm-hmm. Would you have any idea which Democrat I would have voted for? Because Doug guessed it. Well, he, no, he you guessed. Re, uh, you, I guessed the Republican, which the was one? the state auditor. No, that's not who you guessed. You guessed the Secretary of State. Secretary of State. That's yes. right. That's right. Same thing. No, he's a Democrat. He's not a Republican. Steve Simon. Simon, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's the one who won. It was early in the morning. I was, to Mike's point, I started drinking for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But my question is this, because mm-hmm. I'm known throughout the state as this really conservative guy, and oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. And I've said before, I've been a Democrat. I've been a Republican. I'm really, I don't know what I am now, centrist, I guess, something like that. How is it that that I can find it? in my brain to vote for a Republican and a Democrat in the same election, Mike. How is that even possible? I should hate one or the other, shouldn't I? Well, you know, we we are a, a tribal nation right now. Yeah, we sure and, are. And it's not the fault of, of anyone except the politicians. I agree. They created this mess. And television. Well, you know, they created the Internet. mess. But, but yeah. if you look look at the the Democrats' best friend, in this election, there were, I think, six people who, who, who really helped Democrats not, not suffer that red wave. And one of them was Trump. No, number one was Trump. And then the other five were on the Supreme Court. I agree. So it's inter- I have an, an interesting take on that. I think that the Republicans, to pander to the base, were like, you know, right to life, this and that and the other thing. They never thought that it was going to Get, that Dobbs was, was going to get overturned. Right. right? Boy, I, I sure true. did. <laughs> did you really? Uh, but then I, when I it was, that I, for think, years. I think they went, holy shit, we're in trouble now. It was a stupid move. It was right. a really, really stupid move. And it, it makes wasn't, no sense. And from my perspective, it wasn't really precisely about abortion. Yeah, that's abortion true. was just yeah. sort of was just sort of the, the sort of emblematic of where we were headed as a country. People, I think, you know, a lot of people. The, the whole what I'm saying is the procedure itself. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was about the procedure so much. I think it was about the fact that you've got you've got these these you know these people on the Supreme Court, and they're going to be there for another thirty, forty years in oh, some yeah, cases. Some of them are, yeah. and and they're in our bedroom right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, as as a conservative, that's the one thing conservatives will always say is, "I don't want them coming into my bedroom." Right. You know, and there they are. I know. No, I agree with you completely. I, I don't understand. Look, I never went through an abortion with anybody. I never got a woman pregnant and had an. I never went through any of that, so I don't really know how that works. I don't really have an opinion on it. 
I think if you have an abortion, you should have to pay for it unless you can't, unless you were a rape victim or something like that. I'm not wild about paying for other people's paying other people's medical bills because they don't bother to, you know, take care of their business. Well, you know, I don't think anybody is thinks abortion is a great thing. No, I don't think that it is. No, but I also yeah, think that those of us that, those of us that are old enough realize that making it illegal doesn't mean that there's no abortion. Oh, no, not at all. It just not makes it more available to wealthy people and less to poor people. Right. And we also are old enough to remember what life was like in this country pre-Roe v. Wade where mm-hmm. a lot of women were dying from and I, poorly I, yeah. performed uh, hack abortions. I, I know I know several women, at least, who have had abortions. Mm-hmm. And um, when they when they talk about it, I mean, you can... I just want to cry with them. Oh, I understand yeah. it can't be great. Well, that's why it's yeah, so disgusting I, yeah. when Hollywood tries to make it into this, like, fun and funny thing. Yeah. There's clips out there of people, like, a bunch of SNL women talking about, like, oh, yes, I've had three abortions. It was no big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah they're gross funny. people, and they're trying to make it into something irreverent, even though it's not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that whole deal, but this the, the whole idea that some young kid, eight, uh, they were talking about girls as young as nine years old have been impregnated by, you know, being preyed upon by adults, mm-hmm. and you don't want to allow them to live their lives, and you don't want to allow them to get an abortion? Is that really true? Is that really part of it? That rape victims even can't there, get abortion. There well, are yeah, some, some states, states laws have, have no exceptions. Well, no exceptions. Oh, that's you know that's how they got elected. I just don't get it. Because no, anytime anytime you have an issue, there there are going to be a certain sector of politicians who are going to want to go farther than anyone else. Oh yeah, that's it's true. Just, look at the gun thing. You know, yeah. well we you know we want we don't we don't think you should have to register a gun. You know, you just go down to Walmart, buy your gun, and start shooting. And that's the way it is in some states now. You don't even have to register. You think it was a coincidence that every gun I ever found in North Minneapolis had the serial number scratched off it? <laughs> I think that just, it happened when they dropped it. Yes, yeah, when they dropped it. They landed on a rock. <laughs> yeah. and the... We used to find guns quite often, actually. Yeah, Did I, you I can... really? Oh, God, yes. And nowadays, would, nowadays... Not by the railroad yards. Huh. Well, yeah, they really? dump them. Yeah, yep. And nowadays, you know, you don't have to have a gun with a serial number at all. Oh, you don't really? No, no because you just print them. Yeah, you can, oh, that's right, you print guns, I forgot. You ghost guns if you want to. That's right. I don't like that. No. Mm-mm. I need to be honest with you. The ghost gun been thing. A, well, you could always make zip guns, too. I mean, well, just, yeah. right. any the, kid uh, could do that. The former prime minister of Japan was killed by a zip gun. A zip gun, gun yeah. Oh, that's just right. A, just a tube what, with, like, a battery yeah. tape to it. Yeah. You don't... Really, guns are dangerous. Was that Bullets. That got killed? Right. Bullets are dangerous. And well, that was the Chris Rock bit, mm-hmm. how to eliminate gun violence yeah. is to make the bullets really expensive. Yeah, and they did. I'm so pissed at you... In three years, when I've got enough money to yeah, buy a exactly. bullet, well, you're dead. <laughs> well, they really should have serial numbers on the bullets, yeah. you would think. They should. And then oh, every bullet call. that's sold, you know, would be tracked to some degree. That would make more sense. Where do you guys think the hatred part comes that just because I, you and I agree on nothing politically, why would I hate you for that? I don't understand Well, see, that. there were these two brothers named Cain and Cain Abel. Cain and Abel, that's true. <laughs> and they lived a long time ago. Going, going on for quite a bit. I don't understand why I would hate somebody, though. Do I have to look at myself as a victim to hate somebody for that reason? Hmm. Is that what that's all about? Well, that was what Cain thought. Fear. Yeah. It's he must. thought of himself as a victim because yeah, Abel did. was, he had better sacrifices for the Lord. So yep. he was like, well, I don't have anything good. And we've talked about this before. I really think that the the biggest issue is that we're able to communicate 
with people easily now, yeah, but not face to face. That's yes. true. That's very, I mean, I have very some true. friends that are very conservative, and we know that we differ politically. And when we're together, it's like, yeah, we're, let's just not. Talk. We yeah, just don't even talk all these about other things stuff. in the world to talk about. Don't ask. Let's not don't talk tell. about the stuff that we're going to disagree with. But there are a lot of people. I mean, I I knew a guy. He he. I worked with him for years. And uh, we always got along. I knew I knew that he was he was to the right. He knew I was to the left. We got along. Yeah. And the political culture changed radically. And then every single time, every single time he would send me an email, he would use the phrase the Clinton crime family. No and he couldn't he couldn't write me any. And I, I you know I finally said to him, okay, we we can't be friends anymore, you know, because you don't you know you you just can't let it go. You know, you should have written him. It wasn't the Clintons. It was the Kennedys. What are you talking about? <laughs> wrong crime family, wrong my crime friend. Family. Wrong, yeah. Well, of course, we all we all have our own crime family. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. And, of course, in my family, it was my family was the I crime love, family. I love you got. Can you say his name? Because that's the greatest name I've ever heard. What's that? M.M. Oh, M.M.? Uh, no, you, uh, well, you don't want to say the no, name? I don't. I don't mind. I, I had. A, this was his name, by the way. I I, I had a cousin, uh, Mr. Margulies. And the Margulies family was was a tremendous family, except right. that except yes. that the progenitors uh, were uh, were members of a different family. <laughs> and um, and you know, there's a lot. You know, there's this was not an uncommon thing. You know, at some at some point, where you had people who had had grown up in the ghetto. Right. Um, the Jewish ghetto. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there weren't a lot of avenues. It's, it's the story of, of, of the mob everywhere. People come to the country and there's nothing there for them. Right. They Can't don't start the mob job. in Wyzetta. No. 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 So, but Mr. Margulies was, he was my uh, third cousin. And uh, he, um, he was the youngest member of the family, of, of his family. And uh, it just you know the childhood was really bad. Yeah. And uh, the dad who was who was you know he was mobbed up, and uh, he was like a you know a minor lieutenant. But he was still if you remember that family, you remember that family. Yep. And and the kid just didn't he just didn't have anywhere to go growing up in Las Vegas, and uh, I didn't know him well at all. But I but I knew him a little bit, and I was able to visit him a few times. And uh, he wound up, the family scourge, really, when you go back to my mother's side of the family, it's not crime, it's heroin. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, one does tend to lead to the other. Well, well, yeah, it could go either way, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. But, but he, there were so many, you know, there was a time when, so if I go back to the family tree, since the family, you know, the, 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 the depression gene was in every branch of the family tree. And, of course, there were times... You know, before you could, you know, people didn't go to therapists, and people certainly didn't have antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And so they craved, the, the opiate receptors are just telling you, you got to have this stuff, you got to have mm-hmm. this stuff. Whether, you know, whether it's, it's whatever opiate or opioid it is. And so a lot of them became, became heroin addicts. Right. And, and Mr. Margulies um, died, of, uh, died of a heroin overdose. God, isn't that amazing? And it wasn't that long ago. You know, I mean, it was, in my life, it wasn't that long ago. Right. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you never really knew. With, with him, you never really knew. I mean, was, was this really it? Or was it the fact that he married the daughter of a very prominent crime family? Right. Uh, you know, and maybe the fact that 
maybe the fact that he was a heroin addict, maybe the fact that he was gay, didn't make the uh, the, uh, the the Don very happy. And maybe they arranged something. You'll never know. Yeah, you'll never and know. And you never know what's happening. That's true. When you get into something like that. But that... But but that was the sad, the, the horrible, sad, tragic story of Mr. Because he was a bright kid, and he was a good writer, and he had everything going for him, as people would say. But on the other end, he didn't have anything going for him. And some people call him Mr. Mister. Uh, you, you know, he probably not. No. Uh, no. Um, but the thing was, you know, he, see, he married Susie Berman. Right. right who was yeah. killed by Durst. Right. And so, you know, this is, these are the, when, when my family would get together, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, you know, oh, you do. let's talk about the old times. <laughs> no, it's just, and so, you know, of course, you, as you know, my brother was a heroin addict, and, yep. and he yep. killed himself, and so this is in every generation of my family. Well, you and I can sit and talk about it because, like I said, you know, three uncles were murdered. Mm-hmm. Two, two great uncles and one uncle. I guess is the best way. That's a, it's a different experience. Most people don't have that experience, Mike. No, and yet, you know, when you're when you're <laughs> you growing know. up in a really messed up family, um, it's it's a cliche, but you have no idea. No, you don't. You don't. I just think everybody's like that. Absolutely. You think everybody's uncle gets thrown off a building yeah i thought (laughs) i thought everybody's mother you know uh, was was a depressive and was in bed most of the time right uh and uh but i did know it was when it was when i when i found my brother's gear i was 13 and and that's when everything changed how old was tony when he died he was uh i believe he was 49 49 yeah i knew he wasn't very old no uh uh-uh I thought he was going to make it to the millennium. I thought he would want to see what was going on. Yeah. But he fell a year short. Yeah, heroin will do that. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and he was, he'd kicked heroin by then. But you yeah. can't kick depression uh, no, that, that's true. quite From, that easily, that's, you know. That's true. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand is they think, they think that the, you know, well, the heroin was responsible. No, the heroin was not responsible for the depression. It was the other way around. And the fact that my, uh, my brother had, uh, you know, this gross electroshock when he was, uh, when he was 19 didn't help matters any. Your father, your brother and my father. Yeah. And you, you, know, you, don't come, common. you don't come back from that. No, no, you don't. And it didn't work. That's the other part. Oh, of it. well, no. I mean, generally what happened, certainly what happened with, with, with I'm sure what happened with your, your dad and with my brother was they, they you know, some, some quack psychologist or psychiatrist, I should say, comes mm-hmm. along and he says, well, they're schizophrenics. That's yeah. the first thing they yeah. say, which is almost always not true. Yeah. And then they true. say, we'll fix it with electroshock. And remember, electroshock in those days was not the same as oh, ECT no. it, today. It was electroshock. It was electroshock. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I know my brother, you know, he, he, to the day he died, you know, he wanted to kill the people who did that to him. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. 
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. My father, I remember when he when he did come back a brief period, I was a very little boy, and I asked him about that. Hmm. I said, what was that like, Dad? And he goes, I'm never going to do anything to, for that to happen again. I can yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I suppose not. So my days as a therapist at the oh, yeah. Block Psych Unit, yeah. I got to know some of the older nurses that had worked in the state hospital system in the in Minnesota in the 50s. Sure. And they were handed out shock treatment in those days like it was candy. Well, my, but the other my, treatment that they yep. had for people suffering from severe depression, the half-hour-long ice water bath. Oh, yeah. God. They fill a tub full of water God. and ice shock and then hold the system, yep. yep. The idea was to yeah. just rejuvenate yep. the nerves. Well, and, and you, know. <laughs> you know, we were at this point, we were figuring out how to cure cancer and to make yeah. artificial hearts and all these Isn't great amazing. scientific advances in mental health, or in health care, except for mental health care. It's like, well, let's see what they did back in the Middle Ages. Hmm, maybe yeah. we could do some bloodletting. Well, that might help. Mental health treatment is still like... Here's this pill. We don't know how it works or what it does. Yeah. Take it and see what happens. There, there are some successes in in mental health. Uh, it's better than it was. Well, it's the definitely biggest one, and I helped. think I don't. I, I can't. I've never met him, but I think Kanye West is, suffers from. He's oh bi, he's God, bipolar. Yeah. Oh God, I mean, yes. he has all the hallmarks yeah, of it. He does. Mm-hmm. And if he if he got on lithium, he would probably. In, within the a bipolar week. is actually fairly treatable, yeah, but there's a lot of mental illnesses. It's amazing, are, though, when you have people that are severe in severe psychosis because of bipolar, mm-hmm. how crazy they get and how fast they can get better. I mean, really? I will and, I'll tell you right. a story. And how we, fast they can get worse. That's right. So, um, one of my jobs was, you know, and, and state law. You can only hold somebody for 72 hours if you determine they're a danger to themselves or other without a court order. So it was common that the cops had dropped people off at the hospital that were just completely insane. Right. Um, and then we'd have to transfer them, uh, transport them with the sheriffs over to uh, Ramsey Hospital where they had a, wasn't a judge, it was a court-appointed lawyer that would look at all the evidence. And I remember this one guy who was, when you get really manic, you don't sleep. And you just talk all the time, and it's not unusual for you know to write all this right. stuff. So I have to take this guy who was a retired engineer, probably 70 years old, over for his hearing. And he goes, hang on a second, I have to get my evidence. I said, okay, mister, and I won't say his name. Um, take him over there, and he's got this big shopping bag, right? So the, And I have to read the notes from the psychiatrist and what we've been trying to do, and just and the judge is listening to this. And he goes, Mr. Um, Whoops! Well, this I was 40 years ago, oh, so I think he's probably okay. dead. But yeah, yeah mark that. Okay. Sorry about that, Andy. Um, do you have anything to say? And he goes, "Yes, I'm being poisoned by aliens, and I have proof." There you so go. So in this mm-hmm. bag that was covered with writing, they had the big 16-ounce styrofoam watercrafts that oh, you sure, get in a. Yeah. Filled with his waste. Uh, this was his proof. Poop, mm-hmm. not just pee. Yeah. Everything. So they wanted they you to like, test okay, it. Okay, that's enough. Back to the hospital. Let's get force back to the meds hospital. on him. <clears throat> Ten days to two weeks later, family picks him up. He had no recognition that he re- he couldn't remember he was that crazy, which is a good way that the brain protects itself. Yeah. 
walked out, and if you met him, he was actually saner than you. But so that, that does go a little bit jokes. beyond bipolar. Yeah, well, yeah. in, in full-blown I mean, manic episodes, severe, that, yeah. that can happen. I mean, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've known bipolar people. I, I, the first experience I ever had with radio, yeah. uh, if you could, I mean, it was a very minor thing, but I was, I had a friend, and uh, he was he was heavily into radio, and he was doing he was doing a show on the on the campus radio station. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, which which yep. was a low power thing. Basically, people in the uh, in the dorms could get right. pick you up. Yeah, right. and he he wanted me to do a show with him, so I did a show with him. And uh, but what I didn't realize, I mean, and I was eighteen, uh, so you know there were not a lot of things I realized, especially about mental health. Oddly enough, and and he <laughs> was genuinely bipolar, mm-hmm. and you would see him. You know, for weeks, and he'd be, you know, he, uh, what are you doing? He'd say, well, you know, I just enrolled in medical school, but I'm not, I'm going to stay in law school, that sort of thing. He literally was in both. Yeah. I mean, that's mania for you. That's mania. And then he would just disappear. Just for how long? um, You never knew. Really? You never knew. And, and if um, you could predict the cycles, then you could actually manage them pretty well. well, The other thing about it is, but but let me just finish. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. So, so he, uh, and one day I got a call from his wife, and she said, um, well, you know, I'll call him Jim. Jim's over at the, uh, you know, at the, at the U hospital, and uh, he's in the mental ward, and uh, I think you should go over and say goodbye to him. Oh. What's the deal? That she knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And it did happen. God. And, I mean, that's... That's the part that's so tragic. And nothing you could do about it. You just nothing, you know, there was nothing you could do. And I don't, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe there have been a lot of tremendous breakthroughs since then. That's unusual because what I was going to say is, that, you know, people think that it used to be called manic depression, but mm-hmm. it, that it's a, like a sine wave. So the lows are as low as the highs are yeah. highs. But you, normally people tilt one way yeah, or the they other. Yeah, they could, yeah. 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 But, that, but it is true that... That, you know, depressives are one thing. Depressives might kill themselves, but manic depressives or bipolar people, you know, that's the rate is really high mm-hmm. because the lows in, in many cases are so low. And, you know, they, they reach that state of hopelessness, and then there's nothing you can do, really. So, yeah, his, your friends, by, when he got manic he was still able to function i mean be right. able to get into law school and, oh yeah he could he, he was highly medical school yeah. is that's not somebody that's psychotic they just have excess energy and right. they're, they're not sleeping but when they go farther that's when it's and, you, all yeah. and i'll tell you one of the stuff. weirdest moments i had in radio was when uh his son i knew his son you know when he was the kid was probably you know four five six years old and then i i, I knew about him uh, as the years went by, and I knew obviously he was very troubled, mm-hmm. uh, as anyone would be. And he called. He called us one day on the. We were on the air, and he called and he started. I don't remember what, what, what the what 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 spurred him on. I don't remember what sort of triggered him. But he called, and he was talking about how he. Uh, very personal. You know how sometimes people would call and they, it was like we were family. Oh, things. yes, absolutely. And they would just tell you everything. And a lot of times, you you know, it wasn't that you didn't want to hear it, but it's a very awkward thing and when people start giving you their life story and, 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 you know, you can't reach them, you can't see them, you can't mm-hmm. touch them. 
and he talked about how you know he just couldn't could never you know he just couldn't deal with women he wanted to have a girlfriend but he never had one mm-hmm. and uh, and of course it was really weird because I you know he started telling a few details and I immediately knew who it was oh yeah you know and I, I but there was nothing I could say yeah. God, remember the woman that called in oh I know where you're going oh yeah she was very angry because she had never been paid because she wrote every script for the KQ Morning Show. Yes, yes. She thought the show was scripted and that she was a script writer and we didn't pay her and it really pissed her off. Well, she might have been schizophrenic. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I would say so. Yeah. And you know, one thing one thing that sort of spared us was that um, it for for a long time, almost forever, People, people who were schizophrenic, or at least sort of schizophrenic, you know, mm-hmm. that's what we called them for lack of any other pe- yeah. better word. But they were genuinely schizophrenic, you know. And they, they would. It's funny how their brains were messed up in different ways, but they kind of had. They would have kind come up with kind of the same stories. And one of them, of course, was that radio was was controlling their brain. Oh yeah, oh, that's, yes. that's very common. That's very, very common. Poor television, yeah. and, and yet. Yeah. And yet, at some point, the people who said that that there were the radio waves were controlling their brain stopped saying that. Yeah. And they started saying that they were the star of a of a like a Truman Show kind yeah. of thing. Oh yes, yeah. The, right. So the 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 thing the the the, the mania. This 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 thing just changed almost like you know in a matter of a few years they flipped. From from one medium to yeah, another. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody can explain that. No, no, I'm sure that's right. You know, may, you, one of these days we should do a show. We'd have to have you on it and think about a couple of other people. Uh, being on the highest rated morning show in America for all those years, and it was, KQRS was the highest rated mm-hmm. morning show in the United States. The things that went along with that. Oh. Oh. People do not understand. I don't think anybody would be interested in that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Sounds pretty boring. And the oh, things God. people would tell us. Oh, yes. My God. Or no, well, I'm Andy, when you were a little boy, I remember you used to always wonder, because people would literally come down, we're out eating dinner, and they come and pull up a chair and sit down with yes, us. Yes, yes. All the time. All the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, thought like, it was, I thought it was like, you know, oh, we're meeting a friend out for dinner. <laughs> well, and, and people, like, people created this image of you that... And you kind of wondered, like, did I, did I do something that I yeah. didn't intend to do? You know, I mean, I had I had one guy, just as an example, one guy wrote a letter. I think he wrote a letter to the show in general, and he said, you know, Mike Gelfand uh, is obviously a, a genius, but he's unable to connect with real human beings. Well, you're wrong on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Someday maybe we'll do that. We, yeah. Or else we sit down and write a book together about the things that happened because that show got so huge. It was like out of hand. It, it, it was very hard to live through. It yeah. really was. Even though it was surprising. wonderful. I mean, because you guys were so successful, people had a personal connection with you. Oh, they absolutely mm-hmm. did. Which I was very grateful yeah. for. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it, it did add a few things. But I never saw it coming. Well, I don't think anybody saw it coming. I don't think that. I don't think anybody saw that coming. It just all of a sudden was like, what the hell is that all about? Yeah, because this was a pretty damn good radio market. It's not, it wasn't like no, there was yeah. nobody any good on the radio yeah. here. That wasn't the issue. You talked about KQRS when it was an underground station. Well, Nap and Donuts. In fact, 
Chuck and I are Facebook friends. I've never met him before, but I recently gotcha. learned that he worked at the station I listened to as a kid in Boston, 68 WRKO. WRKO, yeah. he worked there. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. That. He was the afternoon guy, I yep. think. I believe that's right. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, looking back at that now, Mike, it was just, holy God. I, you know, people literally thought that you could heal their children. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh, remember yeah. people no good. Would bring me their children and ask me to hold their baby or their little kid oh, wow. to try. It. Like somehow I had healing powers. Like, like, like somehow, me? like anyone did, but let alone us. <laughs> let alone you, Tom. People deify. <laughs> the, it seems to be like the default reaction to celebrity is de- it kind of it's is, deification. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Well, they, they do it with politicians these days, oh, and yeah, that's absolutely. even worse. You know. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because those politicians well, make politicians money. are celebrities these days. Well. You know. It's hard to distinguish. Yeah, I, I guess you remember the remember the woman called in, and she was obviously a, a, a very nice person, very sensitive person, and she talked about having breast cancer mm-hmm. and having overcome it. Mm-hmm. You remember that woman? Yes, I do. And and guys, what what she said at the end, just like nobody knew what to do or say. So she talked about having you know having recovered from this, and and things were going pretty well. And and she said, you know, one thing though, she said, you know, my husband's been great, but he really misses the titty sex. <laughs> it is KQ. Uh, why are you I telling mean, you guys us? aren't on public radio? Let's face it. <laughs> but yeah. but I'm sorry, no one was ready for that one. No, that's no, awesome. that's very very true. No one was ready for that one. Is a good way to put it. <laughs> God, yeah, I, I never, I, I really haven't spent any time thinking about it, but maybe someday we should probably sit down and, and write at least an article about what that was like. Yeah. It was, I can't even imagine. If like you wrote a, a book, you'd make a lot of money, I think. You think so? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do books even sell anymore? Yeah, certain ones. Well, first you have to get elected into office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'd have to get elected. And you just write a book that's basically rambling for 500 pages, and then you make $50 million. Yeah, but yeah I, no I, problem. I remember sometimes the rating, ratings come out, and they go up every time. They would just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And I remember one time your mother got home, and I was sitting in the corner with my back against the wall, kind of tearing up, going, what the hell am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. I will never forget the pressure that I felt. Where am I going to go from here? Yeah. You know, that, that was I tough, that. Yeah. man. Whoa, that was hard. That's, you know, one of the hardest things. I think I think most people pretty much peak at about 35 yeah. or younger, you know. Yeah. I mean, you look at great, great writers. Most of them, you know, guys who've written 20 books. Well, you know, the the first one was okay. The second one was, was really good. Three, four, and five at the top of their game. It's downhill from there. Yeah. But, you know, you, the problem you had was you understood that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That is very. <laughs> Most very people true. don't don't figure that out. They just think they're going to ride that wave forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're. No, they do. They think it's going to last forever. And it, look, that show, the Cakey Morning Show, was huge for about twenty eight, twenty nine years. Well, that was just the fluke. Basically. It was absolutely. Then you started fluke. doing live walls or commercials, <laughs> and, and it was all everything. downhill from no, there. Might have had something slow, to do with slow, painful death. Might have had something to do with who bought the snake. <laughs> if you yeah, know what I, I'm saying. I hear you. So let's take all the money and put nothing back into it. Okay, that's a great idea. Yeah, well, you know, it's hedge fund America. Yes, it, it is. is hedge Everything fund is owned by a hedge fund now. And yeah. they don't care about making money for the station no. or whatever the nope. investment is. So let me, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess that's pretty much my point has been made. Yeah. 
I have a question for you. So at what age did you realize that nothing lasts forever? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, I think it was probably seven or eight. Okay. <laughs> Honest to God. I, yeah, I, I was pretty young. I was very young. Well, I mean, the first time you see a pet die, I think, is like the introduction to that kind yeah, of realization. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. That's a big one. Mike? Uh, I think it was uh, when I, when I uh, was born. <laughs> you know, Coming out of the womb. You know, my standard. Like I had a good nine months, and now this. Yes. Well, that's that's my standard joke. You know, is is that um, I, uh, you know, I came out of the womb. I looked up at my mother and I said, "Not you again." Not you again. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, Man, you got to wrap I, this I had up. I a better already. run because I, I made it till twelve. I remember in nineteen seventy. That was the year within six months that my folks announced their divorce and the Beatles broke up. Oh, like, oh my God. Nothing yeah. lasts forever. Yeah. And, no, that's but very, once you understand that, then it's a little easier to navigate life. I think. When did Clayton die? Oh, God. I was pretty young. Yeah, you were really young. I was probably six or seven. He was yeah. such a great dog. Mm-hmm. Well, that about wraps oh, up uh, episode 146, another highly focused episode. I thought it was phenomenal. <laughs> We start out with Mike Evans, and we wind up in (laughs) mental health care strategies, heroin addiction. Which we need more of. Mobsters. I don't think we even talked about anything that he was supposed to be on to talk about, really. Well, he met, did tell a car story about it. It's true. He did, he did do that. Yeah, but that was you. You had to, to work had to, that one out. I had to drag out of them. <laughs> yep. So maybe right. we'll do an extra actual automotive uh, show next uh, week. There's a lot of things changing the market, so like stay it. tuned. So next and, week, uh, the week after that, we should announce, basically. So to 24th, that's, that's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. We are on that week, but we're not on the 24th. Well, we're not on Thanksgiving? <laughs> no. I ju- I've been working on the notes for months. That's unbelievable. I was going to sing. Sure, I'm sure you sell sing. a lot of cars on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Mike was going to sing. Mm-hmm. But now he won't. Well, we can tell Thanksgiving stories the week before. I like That's it. right. There you go. I don't really have any, actually. You just eat food. <laughs> Pretty All boring. Right. It's going to be a short show. <laughs> Thanks oh, for tuning in, yeah. everybody. We will see you next week on Walls or Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. <laughs>